Dear Diary. Dear Diary. Wow. Today was a really hard day. Dear Diary, I find sometimes my life can be hard. Dear Diary, it will pass and it will be okay. Dear Diary, I feel like today is going to be... Shh, the Indigo Diaries. Dear Diary, welcome world to the Indigo Diaries. And welcome back to series not three, but one. The world through your eyes with your host, me, Tasha Hicklin. The Indigo Diaries is a podcast for those who want to learn about ADHD through others and our own experiences. And I can't actually believe that we're back in series one. It's probably been about six months since I've done series one. And um, we've got no expert here today, just me. Oh, we do have a guest, but he's not really going to be a guest today. And the fact is, because we're almost going back, this is episode 22, but we're almost going back to where it all started. I started this podcast because I wanted people to be able to share their story for themselves but also for others because sometimes support groups and things like that could be quite daunting and I wanted people to have a way to hear people's stories because it not only normalizes it but it also makes you feel like you're not alone in this world and I I started it with me because I really wanted to share my story and we're coming back to me and you might you may think kind of why me again right you know I thought we'd had your episode of series on episode one however That was before kind of the last few months have happened, right? You know, I was diagnosed. It's almost coming up to four years now with ADHD. And before I jump the gun, I'm going to do what, you know, I'm trying to get go straight into it. I've got the person here to me today with me that I actually did the first episode with. uh, Because I I just find it really weird to, like, tell my story by myself. So welcome back, my partner in crime, Benjamin Stevens. But Ben, how's it going? um yeah nice to well nice to be back um yeah I didn't think I'll be doing this again um for a while we'll do a quick uh bio for Natasha uh 30 years old now old um from the UK lives we live together now in York um just outside York three pets traveling and living abroad for for six years I'm not saying fur babies (laughs) um yeah so she started off first neurodevelopmental diagnosis, um, OCD, anxiety at age 16, dyslexia and dyspraxia at 21, ADHD at 27, and now another one. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a ADHD life coach for young adults and teens through the business Indigo Hub. So talk to me. <laughs> well why, firstly i want to just say why on earth did you not say three fur babies <laughs> i wrote to, to say three fur babies but i knew he would say anyway so ben is my partner of eight years and he didn't think he'd be back here again but here he is and uh yeah let's do it let's do it so your first question oh where do you want to start why are we doing this again so um about four weeks ago now about four weeks um i was diagnosed with a condition called autism okay so i firstly just kind of want to start with kind of there are so many terms for autism now um so you can call it asd which is autism spectrum disorder or you can call it asc which is autism spectrum condition there has been a lot of talk about is it level one is it high functioning is it asperger's but Actually, I asked my doctor, and it's actually called autism. 
there's a spectrum, right? It's like ADHD, there's a spectrum, but the actual diagnosis now is autism. And um, yeah, I've been diagnosed with autism. Yeah, how about that? So you kind of, you suspected it for a little while before we kind of started going through the diagnostic process. So how, mm. how did you kind of come to that suspicion? I think after I was diagnosed, so I was diagnosed with ADHD yeah, about four years ago. And I, I think even after I was diagnosed, there were so many still so many questions. So like, you know, we dive into the, you know, the light bulb moment. I've got ADHD. You dive into that kind of hyper fixation, hyper focus. You start learning all about it. But as I was learning all about it and I started seeing ADHD coach, after a while, I was like, there's still so many things like my sensory, my social and um, kind of my repetitive behaviours. But I'll go into that later. And there was still so much. So I um, when we lived in Malaysia, I reached out to an occupational therapist and we worked a lot on like my sensory uh, kind of struggles. And I think I then knew there was something else. But then I was diagnosed there with sensory processing disorder um because over there like autism is not really seen in adults only really seen in kids and I think I knew back then but I, I don't think you know it didn't really click for me it actually didn't click till earlier this year so I've done a uh, a family course in if I'm um ADCA which is the ADD coach academy if anyone's interested in becoming an ADHD life coach I did a family course where we were looking about social programs for um for children with ADHD and autism and I started reading all these things and I was like, yep, 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 yep. And someone in the class was actually talking about a specific child with autism. And I was like, oh my days, no, 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 no. And I was thinking, it's almost like, you know, when I was diagnosed with ADHD, I went to that conference and I heard that lady talking and she was talking about ADHD and dyslexia and talking about all these things. And I was like, yep, yep. And it was like the same moment as in this class. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. But like when, like I thought about it in May earlier this year, but I wasn't ready, like, cause you weren't home. So like Ben, we had six months apart, didn't we? So Ben wasn't home. Um, I was living with my parents. There was a lot going on. So I, I don't think I was ready. So I, I kind of just took my time and learned more about it. And then um, a few people I know, uh were recently diagnosed with it and I was like oh my days we're quite alike then I you know I, I read uh, did this questionnaire which was about kind of autism with women traits and I was like yes 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 yeah I've got autism mm. yeah and then from there it was like right we need to um sort of do this properly right and mm. and, and get an official sort of report and, and diagnosis for it um so what was that like the diagnostic process I should say I think that the diagnostic well yeah it's like any diagnostic process um I had to go private just because I can't wait right I you know um I know it's really hard at the minute you know and and obviously I'm very lucky that we're in that position where I can pay to go private and I mean it was very 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 expensive so a lot more than an ADHD diagnosis but that's because it was a lot more thorough but honestly the diagnosis process was hard, but it was amazing. Like we definitely paid for what we got. Like I, I did a lot of research. I went to a lot of places. I did a lot, you know, and there were some places that said like three months, five months, 10 months. And there was one place that could get me in next week. And I was like, yeah, okay, we'll go there. We'll go there. 
and like it was so thorough like so I had uh, an hour and a half to two hour interview in person where I had to do it was it was very kiddish um but apparently that's the only way that they can prove it because they don't have that adult kind of they need with yeah like they need like it's called like observational tests it's called the ADOS but they don't have an adult version so they kind of adapt the kid version because they have to be able to you can't like for autism it's not just about questionnaires like it is for ADHD and interviews there needs to be some sort of like they can see it as well Hmm. so um they did like observations of me doing like different things so like I had to make a story up and you know I had to the t- I, and then we like discuss stuff and then I had to fill out so many questionnaires I mean it was just I like questionnaires so it's good and then Ben well you and yeah. my mum had a four-hour interview oh it was a great way to spend an evening um yeah they had a four-hour interview my mum was in Canada and you were here and he had a four-hour interview and then they then went and wrote my course. But what I really liked is that they'd realised that I, I, a lot of my things I'd masked because a lot of my kind of autism traits I'd masked for quite a long time. So they might have not come up in kind of the, like the stuff. So they actually decided to dive deeper into that, ask me a lot of questions about masking and give me more like questionnaires and stuff about masking, which I really liked. They obviously had a lot of knowledge about women with ASD because it's very very different to kind of men or boys or you know it's just very different um Mm -hmm. and so they took that into consideration and then about four days about two weeks later I got a full report with a kind of ASD diagnosis and the report was incredible it was like 16 pages it was a lot to read it was a lot to go through and then I had kind of like a follow-up interview Mm -hmm. so the process was grueling it was hard wasn't it but it was thorough yeah just to go back to that masking um the interview was was that I did with your mum was supposed to it was like five years old versus now. So like you're saying with the masking, a lot of a lot of the questions she was asking, your mum wasn't aware of. And then obviously, because we've been away, your mum doesn't does hasn't known you as well for the last six years or so. So I could see a lot of the things that she was asking about whereas your mum couldn't see so you know it might have been you know if if people are masking and they're thinking about getting diagnosed and 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 they're aware of that it's worth having someone there that that knows what you really like without the mask yeah mm, without okay. without yeah because if if, you, if your mum had been the only person that was interviewed it might have been that they said oh well, she's not displayed this as a child you know she's she's just sort of got traits mm. of it and it perhaps it's just the ADHD yeah good point yeah because obviously you know me without the mask because in the last four years especially like I've been well, especially during lockdown well because yeah we couldn't leave the apartment could we no and like the last four years of me my exploration with ADHD and become the coach and all that yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mask anymore to an extent right yeah so you've been able to see me without the mask when you know, before I was diagnosed, when I was in the UK with my parents and my family and my friends, I was always masking. Right. So they had this sense of me masking, which probably didn't seem like I had autism, which is, that's a great point. Thanks very much. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, I just have to put the gun there. You've already talked about that one. Oh, okay. So when did you first sort of realize then that you had autism i think that like 
going back to like when I was a kid and all that I think that like it I mean like obviously I only first realized in like April which I talked about earlier where it all clicked but I think that when I you know because obviously in the last four weeks I've had to trace back well to be honest it's been since May because I've kind of known but just not had that kind of you know this is what it is but I, I think I think I've always seen it I think for me the biggest the biggest thing for me is is that it's always been there and I actually think it's in you know, some, some ways it's more apparent than my ADHD but my ADHD is more external but my ASD has been more internal and I've done mm. a lot of masking which I said to kind of and if people don't know what masking is, masking is kind of a coping technique for us to try and fit into the world. So we, you know, we we see people's behavior, we see how people act, so then we mimic it. And then we, you know, one way doesn't work, another way doesn't work, and then we try and kind of find our own way of doing it. And we're almost trying to be everybody else to try and fit in. And it's all about, we, you know, it's about putting on these different masks, almost like a show, right? You know, putting on all these different characters to fit into the world because we don't right? right and it and that's what masking is and I think my, I think you know going back to my ADHD diagnosis I I always said that I first realized when I got to kind of secondary school and it was kind of like wait a minute I don't have the same interests as people I, I can't look at people in the eyes I find it really difficult to distinguish people's emotions which is why I got in a lot of trouble why people call me naive innocent bit of a weirdo because he used to stare at people because I used to watch people right it used, like it, it sounds really weird like I used to watch people because I didn't know how to behave I didn't know how to be I didn't know how what cues came up I didn't I didn't know and then if things changed I get really stressed so then you know I had panic attacks but it weren't panic attacks it was sensory overload it was just so many things and I think the last kind of few weeks have kind of really been kind of going back and realizing that it's always been there, but it's just, I didn't know the name of it. But I think for me, the, the when I first kind of realized it was when I was 15. And and that's when obviously I got diagnosed with OCD. And OCD is actually like more commonly with autism than it is ADHD. ADHD is more common with anxiety and depression. Mm. And my OCD was very much around taking control of things and taking because I was the world is so out of control for me but my ASD needs control and I need things in order and when things are not I get stressed so it became an obsession yeah and it was a, like a coping mechanism for coping in the world the way I do and for me that was the biggest sign like I actually it's quite funny we talked about this is that my uh, when I was at university my <laughs> dissertation was in drama therapy with with children with autism and that was very random. Like my mum works with this uh, uh, SEN children in an SEN school. And out of everything, out of every like disability or condition, I chose autism. Mm. I mean, it's always been there. Like I knew more about autism than I did ADHD. But it's funny how it took AS yeah. ADHD came out before ASD. So why... Did you think then, if it's always been there, why was it not picked up? Um, I think that, I think that it's just the masking. Yeah. I think it comes back to the masking, but also the fact that I think, I think with autism, it is very much misinterpreted as a child with ear defenders that screams that maybe nonverbal that can't sense to be the world, mm. and 
that's not me. Like we've been traveling for the last six years, you know, like it's just not me. And I think that when I was a kid and when I transitioned into high school and it was like, right, I've got to fit in. And I remember making that conscious choice, which I spoke about in the last one. And I, you know, I made that conscious choice to, I got to fit in now. I don't fit in. I've got to fit in. And I think that because of that and because the way my family is and because of all these things, it just wasn't picked up. Mm. And I think that, you know, it obviously was the I picked it up because I went to the doctors when I was 15, you know, and said, I need help. Yeah. When, and I've talked about this and I'm not going to go over that again. But when when I got diagnosed with, you know, anxiety and OCD, but back then, I mean, that's like 15 years ago. People didn't have that recognition of what autism is in girls. Yeah. Right. In teenage that actually have a few friends. But I never really had a group of friends. I never really had a lot of friends I really struggled in groups I've always really struggled in groups I never really a change was really hard I like things in a certain order I've always had special interests like it was all there it just I think didn't click yeah and I think like my my degree is in acting right so I just became a very good actor mm. but then obviously because I was so good at acting then it brought out anxiety and OCD because it had to come out somewhere, you know, I was trying to use these coping mechanism of having panic attacks and all things and get rid of sensory overload. But that was having a really harsh effect on me and my mental health mm. because I didn't know the name of it. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I'm a good actor. Excellent. Well, um, this is an ADHD podcast. <laughs> Time to give the people what they want. <laughs> um, there are a lot of, similarities between ADHD and ASD and that's perhaps part of the reason as well why Mm. it wasn't picked up sooner but there are also some key differences that people can not look out for is perhaps not the right word but notice or be aware of um so what are they okay well I'll tell you kind of from my point of view rather than like the book point of view but there are I mean that are like you know, a, a lot of people with ADHD struggle with, you know, executive function challenges. They struggle with, you know, memory. They struggle with kind of emotions. They struggle with sensory. But with, I think for me, like when I was diagnosed and I went to my ADHD coach, I remember I'd go and I'd like have all the stuff and then I'd do like extra research and I'd always do the thing and I'd, and then um I'd come with everything in order, everything had to make sense and like, I would come over prepared. I would like come really early. I would turn up really, I'd be on time. I'd have it all written down, all this stuff. She was like, what, you've done the, the tasks? And I'd be like, yeah, I've done it. And she'd be like, okay. And I'd be like, well, she goes, a lot of my clients like that, you know, it takes them a while to like, you know, be accountable yeah. and do all this stuff. And then I was like, oh no, no, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm here ready. I said, oh, I've done all this extra research. And she was like, okay. Um, and then like I'd come and we'd, we'd be talking and I'd be like, oh, I'll go and write it in my diary. She's like, you've got a diary? And I'm like, yeah, I've got like five diaries. Um, and she says, oh, okay, so how how do you do it? Does oh, no, I'm very good at it. I like, keep it in very good order, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay. And then when I told her I was diagnosed with autism, she's like, yeah, okay, it makes sense. Because I think for me, the biggest thing well, for us was always my inflexibility. And I know inflexibility is one of executive functions that can come up with ADHD. But for me like I like rigid routines don't I like I like routine I have to have routine but not to the point where 
it's all right, you know, it's good for me. Like I have to have routine. But a lot with ADHD, routine's good for them, but a lot of people with ADHD don't like routine, mm. right? It doesn't come naturally. Routine, order comes very naturally to me, doesn't it? Right, my organization is one of my highest executive functions. Planning is one of my highest executive functions. Flexibility is my lowest yeah. because I, yeah, I, I have organization, but it's almost kind of too much. I'm, I'm very organized, over-organized to the point where if a change happens, I get really stressed. I can't deal with it. I, I get really, really overwhelmed. Um, it causes me a really emotional outburst. It, I it really struggle with it. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Also, with sensory, it, it is like really heightened. Mm. And I know people with ADHD struggle with with sensory, but mine is, I would say, is very severe. Like, I have to have, you know, noise. Like, I've got headphones. I've got headphones. I've got headphones. I've got you know going to sleep I can't have main lights on you know all these things that I actually think come out you people used to think was emotional overload but it actually was sensory overload and we've learned a lot the difference now haven't we between mm. emotional kind of regulation and sensory overload but for me I think a lot of most of the time it's sensory overload isn't it rather than emotional yeah a lot of the time like I actually just can't deal with the sensory world so I really struggle with that and then the last one for me is social. I, a lot of people that I meet with ADHD are very, very, very emotionally in tune with other people. I can't, I've got a feeling, so if Ben's feeling sad, I've got a feeling, but I have to ask you 50 times, are you sad, are you sad, are you sad, are you sad, are you sad? I can't distinguish how people feel. Yeah. I don't know. And like, if someone says to me, like, you know, like when you were a child and they used to be like, how do you feel today? I'd be like, I have no idea. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't tell people how I feel. I don't know how I feel. I can't, I don't, I, emotion to me, like I am very empathetic and I, I am very good at sensing on it when there's something wrong, but that's more of a sense rather than a no. knowing of the feeling and the emotion. I really struggle with social cues. I really, I'm very, very, very good at picking up the finer detail, but people with ADHD are more kind of big picture thinking like I see the detail I'm like yes I'm also big picture thinking but I see the detail right I like lots of stuff right because people they actually like lots of stuff but it has to be in order <laughs> right it has to be in order like we have a lot of people come to our house and oh my god you got a lot of stuff but it's very neat <laughs> you know it's that thing of I'm organized but I'm also messy mm. you know I, I I I like to be spontaneous but I also hate it I like to be spontaneous and I'm like, yeah, let's go and do something. But after an hour, I'm like, no. Or does it fit in with my plan? You know, let's plan spontaneity. You can't plan spontaneity. You just do it, right? I, I have to have order. I like organization, but then I like to have a bit of a flexibility with it yeah. to an extent that's controlled. And I think, and like my sensory, you know, I, I want to go out and do all these things, but then my SD has the impact of that. And I think that, for me, the, like almost like the AS, the ADHD diagnosis. I'm even getting confused now. The ADHD <laughs> diagnosis didn't didn't fit me completely. No. And I think that there were so many answers still on on gone, especially with the the kind of I know it's quite a long answer, but kind of the sensory, like to a like an extreme, and yeah. all senses. It's not just one or two. It's everything. 
um, and sensory overload coming out in emotional regulation, the repetitive behaviours, the special hyperfixations that are quite extreme. They don't just go away after 10 minutes. Yeah. They're, you know, lifelong, like, uni- I just love unicorns. Yes. And, like, and like musicals and, like, repetitive songs on, repetitive, like, stories in, like, things. I don't really like storybooks. I like nonfiction books, um, the social world, emotions, and then kind of order and organisation. Yeah. I think for me, they're the biggest differences for me. Well, that was a long answer. Um, <laughs> so perhaps it's time for a break. Yeah, so I need people, a drink. people can digest that. Um, so we'll be back after this. And we're out. If you would like any more information, on Indigo Hub or our Indigo support group, then please check out our website below or our link to our social media platforms or email at indigohub.adhd at gmail.com. If you would like to offer any comments, feedback, get support, or if you're interested in the world hearing your story, then please reach out through any of our avenues. As said before, Have a positive week. Check in again later. And we're out. Shh, the Indigo Diaries. And we're back. Okay, so um, let's get right back to it. Um, Challenges with ASD, the biggest challenges. What are they? I mean, I I kind of just said it. Well, yeah, I guess. But um, I mean, I, if you could list them, okay, rather than describe. <laughs> um, I think for me, the biggest challenge is sensory. I think that that's. Mm. I think that's always been the biggest thing for me. I think that, like, so when I'm talking about sensory, I'm talking about a list of. I'm talking more about like the sound, the lights, taste, um, touch. I don't like. I don't like. Oh, I've like strokes. What is that? Oh, I mean, it's for sick. <laughs> I don't like gooey things. Um, even thinking about textures can actually make me feel sick. Also, vestibular, like movement, I get really bad seasickness and like even driving. Like I was in the back of a taxi last week and almost threw up. Like, I mean, he was like, get out of my car. Are you drunk? I was like, no, I don't drink. And he was like, get out. <laughs> like, I'm honestly gonna be sick. Um, um, and I would say also the rigidity kind of inflexible or inflexibility, how they call it, but it of like the world and and like when a plan changes and it's not in my control I find it really hard to be able to kind of flexible my mind to go okay let's do it this way or let's do it that way or if something doesn't go as planned so like let's say we're going to do something but it finishes early then well what do I do with that time Mm. I expected it to finish here and then it's like what I've you know it's almost like you executive function have to go okay now I have to reorganize it do this do this do this do this and I've recently learned that that's another part of my brain called your singular gyrus but that's another story for another time um <laughs> i like you know and <laughs> um, and then i think for me it's navigating the social world i think that the emotions thing i actually thought i was very good at distinguishing people's emotions but as we actually started going through the process of like my i'm learning this course of social world i actually realized that my social skills are actually 
I really struggle with. I've always struggled with rejection, which is obviously because I struggle with knowing how people feel. Then I almost feel like they're rejecting me when usually things haven't got anything to do with me. But I can't distinguish how someone feels, which is why like my mum and my sister said, and my dad used to say, I used to drive them crazy by going, are you okay? You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Are you feeling okay? Are you okay? Because I just couldn't distinguish it. And I, I I can't read social cues, but I can read details. I couldn't read social cues. I think one of the biggest things for me as well was I had really specific interests and very, and like with ADHD, like you have, you know, it's, you know, a, a kind of, they say a deficit of interest, but like I have very specific interests and very unique and they don't go away. It's they're there. And that sometimes can be hard because people don't share that same passion for things like that. And I think for me, the biggest challenge was just being so different from everybody else. And I think that a lot of it, I used to think that was my ADHD, but I actually think a lot of my differences and a lot of my biggest challenges come down to my ASD. Yeah. And my coach friend actually said something to me, which I thought was really interesting. Can I just share? She said that sure. ASD was my foundation and my ADHD was almost like the add-on. And what, what she meant by that was like the ASD, the order and all that sort of stuff is essential. Like I have to have that. Mm. The spontaneity and like, you know, having a fizzy drink when it shouldn't and, you know, doing something, you know, and having the kind of, you know, doing exercise and all that kind of comes after. Yeah. You know, if I'm sensory overloaded, I'm not going to be able to, have the energy to go out and do stuff yeah it's almost like asd is my foundation and adhd comes after that yeah and before you know i've been so focused on adhd that i've not focused on the asd and and a lot of sometimes my adhd strategies have actually not worked because i've not been encompassing that very interesting so has the diagnosis um changed anything about you or has it given you anything new would you say um well I mean it's only four weeks but (laughs) I think for me the biggest thing it's changed is the is the permission yeah it's almost like I think after the ASD after the ADHD it was like oh my god like chuck myself into a deny and then Mm. like you know I went through so much change but I almost feel that there was still a barrier like I was still being myself, and I, but we were in lockdown. So I feel like when we were in lockdown, my ASD was like thriving because I didn't have the sensory. I didn't have the people and have the social world. And I didn't have that much change because mm. we were in our, in our environments. And then when I came home back to the UK, I really struggled. I struggled to navigate people. I struggled to navigate environments. And I struggled to navigate people's change of plans and stuff like that because it was a lot out of my control. And it almost, I felt like I'd gone backwards, like in my journey, because I felt like I've come home and I, I just, I can't cope. It's almost too much. And all my, a lot of my ADHD strategies didn't work anymore. Mm. And then, so I think for me, the biggest thing is, you know, in the past four years, I've really been unmasking, discovering myself and discovering my strengths and, I mean, so much has changed. Like my whole life, our whole lifestyle has changed, hasn't it? You know. Yeah. And like the way I see myself, my perception, my my self confidence, my compassion. But the biggest thing it's given me is probably compassion, 
mm-hmm. for myself that it's okay to be sensory overloaded. It's okay to wear headphones. It's okay on firework night, which is one of the hardest nights of the year to wear headphones, a head thing and headphones. Yeah. That it, it's okay. And I still think that like, what I realized is like, my my sister said to me, oh, can you do something on this day? And I'd be like, no, I've got exercise. Like, no. And But then, like, she'd be like, oh, do you want to go here where it's busy? And then this and this and this and this and this. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. And it's almost like my ADHD, I had boundaries to say no because I knew about it. But when my ASD was suffering, mm. like we'd gone holiday. We went on a holiday in the summer. And we, like, literally, I finished work and we went. And then it was like, boom, 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 boom. And then, like, day four, I was so tired. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't travel. I thought we were getting old. So I can't do it anymore. Like, I'm, I'm so tired. And it was because my ASD wasn't being recognized. I wasn't have, I didn't have the strategies. I didn't have the things in place for it because it was like a whole other part, which in a way, coming back to the differences, it's, I I say it's like the tug of Tash. (laughs) It's almost like I'm the mom and I've got two teenagers in my head going, Tash, I really want to, I don't know, have chocolate. No don't have chocolate like have it later or you know I really want to go out right now and have friends and go out and do this and this and this and both going you've had a really hard day you want to sit on the sofa sit with your weighted blanket and do nothing mm-hmm. and it's almost kind of they are very much opposites in quite a lot of ways similarities in lot, but they are opposites and it's about kind of managing that and mm-hmm. now I have the name for it it's almost kind of like oh I'm going to give myself permission to do that because it's not a tash thing it's an autism thing. Yeah. So I, and and like, not that I need permission to do these things. I don't need permission to put headphones on. It makes no difference to anyone else's life but me. But it's almost like it's given me the validation. It's validation. It's given me the validation and the acceptance to not only accept ADHD, because I fully accept my ADHD. Every hand's down, I'll go waffle. I'll do whatever. I'll, you know, lose my, con- my like concentration and go, oh, sorry, what were you saying? You know, like, I, you know, I, I'm very open about that, but I think because I didn't know about my ASD, it almost felt like it was still a character flaw. Right. But now, because I know I've got the validation, it's given me permission to live my life the way I have. Yeah. And how much changes have we made in the past four weeks? Loads. Yeah, we don't have big lights on, sensory blankets, we've changed things within ourselves. I don't really get sensory overloaded. I've changed my whole business around, my timetable so much has come from it and yeah good stuff so with all these challenges um and even benefits as well how do you um how do you manage them well the first thing i did was get an adhd and autism coach because i really wanted someone you know because i've had adhd coaching for so many years and my adhd coach is incredible and i will be going back to her but i I needed someone you know that had got that perspective of both that's the first thing i did um and the second thing was just learning about it. I, I didn't chuck myself so much in because I'm doing so many courses and everything else. So, you know, I, I, I already knew quite a lot about it. Um, I read an amazing book called, um, oh, actually, was it Un- oh, Unmasking Autism by Dev- Devon Price? Yes, yeah, okay, I've got it right. Um, I had to remember it then. But, um, and that really helped me see the women, the woman side of it um woman traits of ADA of ASD and I think that helped me but I think for me it's just kind of stripping back and going like what haven't I put in place and I think for me was learning the difference between ASD and my ADHD and how they present yeah and then like I said how they work against each other 
and then how I can put things in place or adapt what I already have to <coughs> sorry, to meet the needs of my AS as well as my ADHD. Because I, someone said this famous thing, I really love it. ADHD is like your ASD tax. Like your ADHD, excitement and excitability almost like kills your ASD, like because like you're tired, right? Yeah. But then your ADHD is like, let's do this. And then your ASD is like, no. And I think it's just about kind of coming more neutral yeah. and look at from like the nervous system and like the polyvagal theory. If anyone doesn't have a look at that, I've put a link below. It's amazing. The polyvagal thing, I'm like, what is it that I need? Yeah. What do I need in this moment? Do I, am I sensory overloaded? Yeah. Okay. Do I need regulation? Yeah. Okay. What do I need for that? And I think for me, managing it is about kind of discovering it, being aware of it in the moment, which is very difficult and then putting what I need in place and giving myself permission to do that. And for me, like the biggest thing for me is like the first thing I did, I mean, or uh, Amazon love me right now because like, you know, I like chewing things, but I'd never give myself like all my drinks are with straws. Right. I've always been doing things with my hands, but my hands are not always busy. I like, I like chewing things. So I bought bad teeth and like, so I bought some chews, bought chews. I don't have main lights anymore. We bought like loads of lamps. I've got a thing in my, you know, thing. And now in my bag, I've got like little, my bag used to be in a whole mess and it used to stress me all to some out. So now I need a lot of stuff because I like to have a lot of stuff with me. But now I've got like little bags. I've got like a bag of squishy things, a bag of like, you know, like home things, a bag of like um, electronics and in my bag. So it's all organized, but then it's all, there's a lot of stuff with my, you know, my ADHD. And like, it, it was really about trying to distinguish what's my ADHD and what's my, and then how can I mix them together? And I think a lot of my strategies I already had in place for my ADHD, it was just about adapting them and then, and then giving myself permission to do them. And I'm owning it now and it's, uh, it's a good feeling. I said to my ADHD coach last week, I said, for the first time I feel whole. I think my ADHD was the first. It was almost like the dominant effect, right? Yeah. My ADHD was like the first one. Then this came, then this came, then this came. My coaching came over. And then my ASD has been my last one. Yeah, I'm still going to discover more about myself. I Hopefully, you know, no more neurodiversity is falling enough for me. But, you know, I've it, but it's, it's opened a whole new world and a whole new perspective. And right now I'm at the beginning of my journey, but I'm not because I've got all this knowledge of, AS, of ADHD and it's just about adapting that to meet this other side of me this yeah. other teenage girl in you know in my head brilliant so last last question then what's next for natasha Hickley? you have to use my full name yeah two um, minutes go i think for me coming on here and, and speaking this was the summer i wanted to do as soon as i was diagnosed i was like right we're doing a podcast um because for me expressing it is a massive thing I think for me is is just more discovery, more acceptance, more compassion, more more everything, just more being me. And the last four years, I, I you know I've, I've really changed a lot to be me, but it's just more discovery and more parts of myself where I can really, really, really thrive in this world. And I think you after my ADHD diagnosis, there was still so many, there was still so much, and now. It's almost like the last month I felt more content than, and it sounds a bit cheesy than ever before, but yeah, because it's almost oh, like great. that knowledge is just there now. 
what's next with me in business? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll go from that, you know, um, maybe ASD coaching, you know, might be on the card soon. I mean, even though some of my clients have, you know, you know, this, that, and that, because ADHD doesn't usually come by itself, but I think, you know, doing courses in ASD, more reading more books about it, thriving myself in it, getting involved, going to support groups or whatever, but just going on this journey on my own pace and being okay with that and just, and just, yeah, more acceptance. I think that's the word and more living the life the way I need it versus what, you know, everything else. Brilliant. All right. Well, that's, that's a wrap, isn't it? We have encouragement. Oh, go on then. What, this one? I've got two. Which one do you want me to do? Are you doing? Oh, I'll do both. All right. So this is my favourite, favourite, favourite ever quote. And I'm, and I, I, don't, I didn't read it out for my last episode, but I have read it for one. When a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower. For my whole life, I tried to fix me. I tried to fix me, who I was, everything that I am, by masking, by putting in things, by doing what everyone else wanted me to do. But it wasn't that that was the problem. It was that everything I was surrounding myself was the, you know, was the struggle, was the challenge. Things are still challenging, things are still hard, but I make my environment fit me rather than me fit the environment. And that's what it's all about. And this thing for me is my last straw to make me really have my environment for me and to feel whole and yeah. My last one is do your own thing on your own terms and get what you came here for. And that's what I'm doing. And finally, I feel that my neurodiversity is whole now because I I know it all. Yeah. I don't know everything in my life, you know, I'm still gonna learn more things about myself, but I think these are the biggest things that I'm that I'm that I'm gonna come and, you know, and it is late. It, I'm 30, but I know people that are diagnosed at 60 and it's just about what can we do now? Yeah, that's right. Excellent. Okay. So that's my episode, the last piece of my puzzle, which is autism. So uh, in the end, uh, do you want me to do the end bit? Do you want to sign off? Uh, can, yeah. So in two weeks, uh, we'll be dropping a new podcast episode with either a new episode to series one um, with a story or another amazing guest expert like me. <laughs> in series three. <laughs> if you're interested in coming on as a guest uh, for Pick My Brain sessions, have questions, dilemmas, or want to share your experiences, you would like to advise on um, or series one where the world can hear your story, please reach out through social media or email come listen learn experience the world through not well not my eyes our eyes why not have a great week and remember don't fix the environment don't fix you fix the environment or just don't fix the environment just change it up have fun add sparkle and do what's right for you and we're out Dear Diary. Dear Diary. Dear Diary. Today is ending. I'll check in again tomorrow. Tomorrow is a brand new beginning. Good night, sweet dreams. I think tomorrow will be... Shh.